0: 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one Winning Winning Drive. drive. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland. From shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And we know that this is Combine Week, Cordell. On um, Wednesday, we heard Eric DaCosta as well as John Harbaugh speak to the media, um, uh, you know, about obviously what their direction was. But let's be clear here. The, the biggest part of this was about Lamar Jackson. And it will continue to be about Lamar Jackson until something happens uh, with Lamar Jackson. Um, so, uh, you know, a couple things, I mean, you know, DaCosta let's talk about the things that weren't related to Lamar Jackson first. Mm-hmm. Um, Costa, you know, <laughs> he, he talked about uh, Marcus Peters, Mm-hmm. Um, he mentioned that he's been in talks with Marcus, Marcus Peters and that they've been ongoing. We know that Peters is an agent. He had a 10 million dollar cap hit or something like that anyway. Um, so we knew that that wasn't going to be a thing. But he speaks very high of Marcus Peters. It, it's, it seems like that that's something that they genuinely would like. Mm-hmm. And I'm not against it. I, I do think that he struggled, but I really don't know how much of that is just his play has declined or he wasn't fully healthy um, this season and was trying to still fight his way back from injury. Um, So I don't have a problem with them talking to Marcus Peters, if the price is right, by the way. (laughs) The wide receiver position Mm -hmm. talked about they're going to keep swinging. I mean, he acknowledges that, you know, that's something that they struggle with, um, trying to get wide receivers. And I don't necessarily think that, like, Marquise Brown is a guy that, didn't pan out
1: just I think, overdrafted I think
0: I think he was overdrafted that's a very solid response I think mm-hmm. that he was a good player for this mm-hmm. franchise in the Ravens. um I just don't think that he was necessarily worth a number one pick in that regard but I wouldn't I you know I don't think that that was a miss and we obviously don't know what situation is with Rashad Bateman who he admitted had his injury was i guess worse off than than what they thought but because that they made a decision to shut him down ahead it they got ahead of what could have been worse um so he he said that he sees five or six first round wide receivers in this draft if you're a ravens fan that is tired of the wide receiver situation and you want to hear something i know i see a lot of people talk about zay flowers they're interested mm-hmm. in that maybe this is the, the 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 time for you so let's get to the lamar part Um, Obviously, that was a big part of the questions that he received, particularly from local media, um, about what's going on with the contract situation. And when asked about having optimism about if this is going to be done or not, DaCosta had this to say.
2: I don't want to live in a world where there's no optimism, where I'm just going to give up hope. You know, like you guys see me during games and sometimes I'm in a dark place at the end of the game when I know there's no hope, we've lost the game. Uh, I don't see that here and, I, and I, don't, I won't feel that. I won't see that here. Um, I, I refuse that because I've seen a lot of deals happen when things look bleak or I haven't seen deals when I would have thought, oh, it's a slam dunk. It takes two people to do it. It takes communication, it takes respect, it takes appreciation for each other. And it takes an understanding of the greater, you know, the greater good and how this thing is going to fit together. So I remain positive. I have no reason not to remain positive. We've spoken recently. Um, We've had good, good meetings recently. Um, And so we'll see what happens.
0: So he seems optimistic, Cordell, in terms of getting this done. He acknowledged that, you know, these things can get rocky. These things can get bumpy. And he also said some things like, you know, in terms of, because Lamar decided that he wasn't going to have the contract talks during the season, it kind of didn't allow things to progress. The same with Roquan, who he talked to during the season. And he even mentioned Ronnie Stanley, who also he talked to on a regular basis. Um, So it didn't really progress the way that you know, maybe other contracts progress because Lamar decided that he was not going to negotiate during the season. He was going to focus on football. One of the things that he said to me, though, um, I mean, not to me, but to us, you know, (laughs) as as people watching um, that stood out to me. Um, And, you know, he mentioned like, you know, things can can turn, can get murky. Things can get uncertain in, in so many words. But, you know, it can always come together and i've been saying this for i don't know how long cordell money is the best neutralizer uh-huh. of anything if they can come to terms in terms of what they believe is 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 good for both sides none of all of this media stuff will then matter it can okay. happen it absolutely can happen so when you hear the costa mention uh of that about lamar what were your thoughts
1: oh i mean that they want him i've been Steadfast on that, you know, from the beginning. It's no, despite everything that's thrown out here, I still have maintained that I believe that the Ravens still want Lamar to be their quarterback, and ultimately, I still believe Lamar wants to be in Baltimore. I've questioned how important is it to him right. to remain in Baltimore, but I do believe that these two sides want each other. That in combination with like you said with the money still being the biggest factor here um it does create the atmosphere for anything to happen they could definitely get this done um at some point and i think right now you know it's I, I, it's it's really crunch time for for the ravens you know because everything is really pertaining to this um right now this is eric said you know in, in the same press conference that Um, You know, right now, most of his energy is being put into the Lamar situation. Right. You know, that's that's just what it is. And it's showing in the media. You know what I'm saying? It's showing in any type of Ravens talk. It's at the forefront of everybody's mind right now. So um, I, I do believe that this could definitely happen at some point. Eric has continued to maintain his optimism that something can happen between the two sides. Um, but I did like him talking about, like you mentioned, you know, the difference between getting it done with Lamar and getting it done with Roquan. I think people continue to try to compare the two and it's totally different. It so the similarity is that these two sides are, you know, without an agent, so to speak, it it the, the dynamics are different. Number one, uh, paying a linebacker is totally different from paying a quarterback. Yep. You know what I'm saying is it, when you got a guy in Roquan Smith who has been willing to negotiate really whenever the Ravens are willing to negotiate it's totally different from a Lamar who set a deadline that he wasn't going to negotiate during the season. You know, and Eric said it's totally different when you're talking to somebody in your office face to face on a regular basis about that, as opposed to Lamar, you got to try to track this dude, Dale. You got to get him on the phone. You just, you know know what I'm saying? And he has used the word, it's been a challenge a couple of times when he's talked about the negotiations with him and Lamar. It's not an easy deal to get done. Um, It can happen, but it's going to take some, you know, it's going to take movement from both sides, I think, closer to the middle and it just seems like you know and and at the end of the day i think i look obviously eric's the gm he's the one that whose name we're going to mention every day but this is definitely a steve baschodi decision eric has given strict rules on how far to go and you know and maybe they haven't even reached that peak of you know the ravens of okay this is as far as we're going to move but he's probably given instru- been given instru- instructions to you know, not move further to the middle until I give the word. You know what I'm saying? Like right. he has a boss. He has a boss. And he, he's in there with, you know, his instructions and Lamar's in there going for what he wants. It's just, this is what it is. So I think if this was a strictly an Eric decision, this probably would have been done already. Oh, I'm certain you know? of it. Yeah. Certain of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, 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 I do believe that, um, it it can happen, but it just it, it it just because it can happen doesn't necessarily mean that it will. This is definitely something that I think is going to go all the way down to the last second.
0: Absolutely. Um. Also, when talked about the future of Lamar, or the the uncertainty in future of Lamar, um, DeCosta also talked about that, and, and he acknowledged that this is putting a wrench in plans, and, mm-hmm. and this is what he had to say.
2: It is a wrench. You don't know. And so, uh, yeah, it slows you up a little bit. It is a little bit, you know, it does kinda, you know, create a little bit of a haze as to what the future is gonna look like with your roster. There are some things that we're not gonna do right now that maybe we would try to do, but there's no bigger question right now no bigger decision, there's no bigger challenge for this organization moving forward than this contract. So all of my effort, well, most of my effort is focused on this. I would say the rest of it is focused on the draft and free agency, but you're right. It's hard to really have a clear vision of what the future is going to look like until we can get this contract done.
0: So like we all assumed, I mean, there's a lot riding on what is going to happen here. I mean, they want to believe that, they're positive that they can get something done with Lamar. But there until that happens, Cordell, there's so much uncertainty and there's really not much you can do in terms of like how you can go about free agency, how you can even go about the draft until they can really get something done. So, you know, he acknowledged that, you know, basically everything that the sun rises and sets on this deal mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of, of what they can do um, and for the future. Basically.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it in nauseam, you know, about the fact that everything pertaining to this Ravens offseason is tied to the Lamar decision. And that's basically, you know, what Eric was admitting to right there. And it does create uncertainty, you know, about what does the future look like for their team. What can they add to this team this offseason via free agency? Lamar dictates that. He not only dictates the money, but he he's also he's also going to dictate how interested some guys are in coming to Baltimore. It's going to uh, affect people. I said this, you know, before, and I, I feel like I, I can't remember who, but I saw somebody else kind of say it on Twitter as well, um, that this is going to impact, I think, how other teams, how other players around the league look at the Ravens. It's a, it's a huge hit all around when you lose a, you know, face of the franchise type player like Lamar. Um, and I, they all, we we've seen it in the reputation with the receivers and how receivers have been perceived in Baltimore and how that's kind of affected guys coming here. I, I really think it's going to affect how other players view The team in itself, people are going to hold people hold the Ravens in high regard right now around the league. That's been proven, but doesn't mean that everybody's perfect. And, you know, right now, this Lamar situation is is going to be deep. The the, the ultimate outcome is going to be a deep rooted uh, impact, I think, all around. But um, the Ravens definitely are going to have to come to a decision on this soon because it's literally handcuffing the rest of their offseason.
0: Absolutely. And, and that's something that you just don't want to do. And I think that that's a big part of why you see so much um, anxiety from the fan base is because I think you realize is that every day that goes by and that has not happened is a day that you're missing time for. Because not long after the draft, we know that there's like involuntary camps. And, mm-hmm. you know, last year um Lamar did not show up to the involuntary camp, which I'm not knocking you know i it's called involuntary for a reason but i think we all can assume and probably be right it was kind of a soft stance on not having a contract then um that that's why he didn't show up um and, and so you got all of these off-season programs that's going to start and then if you have uncertainty at your quarterback situation how does that help anything how does that you know um help you say, I feel confident that, you know, we can do this. And then, but we have the quarterback of our, of the future for the Ravens. just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So um, I, I, another thing too, before, before we go to our next segment, Cornell, when we saw that uh, the NFLPA, you know, what came out and said, you know, we, uh, Lamar needs to stand strong on the line. Basically mm-hmm. they said he need to be 10 toes down on this whole Karen guarantee
2: yeah.
0: stance. It kind of, Made me think that they were talking at that point when we when that came out. Why would they say something like that right then and there? And it dawned on me that there must be some talking going on between DaCosta and Lamar and which why they said what they said. So mm-hmm. I'd have to think that talks are coming along, maybe starting to heat up a little bit. And that was them saying like publicly, like, make sure that you know, you hey. Stand whatever line it is that you want to stand on. Yeah, I mean, I
1: hope, I, and I and I think he does. I, L- Lamar has been has shown that he is kind of you know he sh- I don't I don't want to say shelter. He has trust issues. I think a little bit yeah. when it comes to you know um, the business side of the NFL. Obviously, he he represents himself, um, and I just hope that he's using that same kind of you know uh awareness with the PA because i feel like obviously this is big for them you know this will be a win a win for lamar is a win for everybody the he's fighting for the greater good so to speak you know what i'm saying but i i, I think at a certain point the pa has their agenda and lamar at the end of the day has got to get his yep and um Ultimately, I, I think it will. I'm pretty sure it will for him. It's going to come down to it being his decision. Uh, I just, the PA just, it just doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel all the way authentic.
0: Yeah, and that's the conversation we can have for another day because I, I love me some NFL PA slander. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I am always down for that. That requires a full segment from me. Uh, and so we could talk about that more on the Winning Drive podcast and how I feel about how they're affecting mm-hmm. Um, this whole ordeal in a negative way. And this is not me saying that I don't think that Lamar should go for what he wants because it's not, I'm not saying that at all, but it's very possible that maybe that's not what he wants and that mm-hmm. they're trying to push that on them anyway. So right. um, we could talk about that another day, but uh, for, for now it appears that the Costa is uh, optimistic and that's really all you can ask for. I mean, I, I don't know if he's pulling our chain or not, but I mean, if you, if he is giving us a glimpse of hope, which is I think a lot of people is that's what they're looking for. I think he did that in saying that, you know, they've been talking and it it, it appears to be optimistic.
1: One other thing I wanted to also point out from the cost is that he also continues to double down on the fact. Uh, and even went it more in depth this time about them having that agreement that they would not speak about. Yes. The terms in the context, yes. I think that's huge. Um because it he's main he's he's maintaining that they aren't putting anything out there you know um because of the agreement that they have with Lamar and he feels assured to me it seemed like he didn't necessarily say i don't think i would have to go back and listen and read the transcript transcript but i didn't think he said that he felt assured that Lamar uh wasn't leaking anything but it, it, to me it came off like he didn't believe, you know, that Lamar is putting anything out there like he feels like that agreement that they have is still standing. And that's why he felt because, again, he volunteered to speak on Wednesday. He didn't have to. Um, so he he, he, put, he said that he felt like he had to come out and and basically re, readdress that, you know, because he didn't want it to feel like to Lamar that that they had broke that agreement. So I I, I think that was pretty
0: important. Absolutely. I'm glad you did mention that because I I do think that that's important. Before we get into our next segment, make sure that you're subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast so that every time there's a new episode, you will be the first to receive it. So in addition to Eric DeCosta speaking, we heard uh, Coach John Harbaugh talk as well. Um, He he talked about some things and, and we'll get to the Lamar part. Too. I mean, obviously this is going to be a topic of discussion, but there's a couple of things that he did say that I think we should just kind of gloss over real quick. Oh, yeah. um, uh, Keith Williams, he acknowledged it's still on the team, but we don't know at what capacity he said he will return. Um, they're trying to figure out at what capacity he will be uh, returning as. Um, he acknowledged that he loves Craig uh, Veerstig mm-hmm. and James Urban, but he was uncertain about what their roles were going to be at this point. Um, He acknowledged that Kyle Hamilton had wrist surgery, which makes sense because there was a picture floating around with Kyle Hamilton in a sling. So now we know why. Um, And it said that Kyle Hamilton is a safety, but he has nickelback flexibility, which I think we've acknowledged, right? In Mm -hmm. the way that they've used him the last year. Um, And then they also mentioned the fact that they lost one of their staff, Uh, Rob Leonard, who was the offensive, uh, excuse me, outside linebackers coach. He went to the Vegas Raiders for Mm -hmm. the defensive line coach. So there's a position that needs to be filled. Um, So I I don't know if you have an an opinion about any of those things.
1: Yeah. uh, Two things. One on the the, uh, Kyle Hamilton one, um, he brought up Brandon Stevens in there and, I I think we've kind of forgot a little bit about Brandon Stevens, not necessarily in the corner room, but maybe the safety room um, as well. He was a guy that was drafted as a safety and, you know, he, he's kind of that hybrid. He's played both. Last off season, Harb said that he looks at Brandon Stevens as more of a cornerback than a safety. I don't, I mean, I, I, I see what he sees, you know, um, I, he definitely is there, but I, I don't, Think Brandon Stevens is that great as a corner? He's not terrible. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying that he's he's bad. But I, I I think he. I would like to see him again at safety. You know what I'm saying? I'm not okay. saying that he's a bad corner. He's a good. He's a pretty good guy. If you, if you got a plug and play, um, he's there in coverage. He just if you're looking for somebody that's going to make a play on the ball, that's just not what he's shown the ability to do to this point. But I would like to see him again at safety of giving an opportunity and he adds flexibility that Kyle Hamilton brings to that safety cornerback room. Uh, Brandon Stevens does the same. So I'm interested to see if he will have a a little more of a hybrid role next year as well. And one other thing that uh, I guess this is a little bit into the Lamar stuff, but not a lot, but he he mentioned that Lamar and Todd Munkin still hadn't spoke to this point, which, you know, isn't necessarily breaking news, but, uh, it's out there.
0: Thank you for that. Um, and that, that that's why, you know, we needed to kind of gloss over those things because of course, as you already mentioned, Lamar. Mm-hmm. And so obviously Coach Harbaugh had, had some things to say when asked about Lamar Jackson. So one of the things that he talked about um, in terms of this whole Lamar situation, mean, a couple of things. He said he talks to Lamar, you know, in text at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he, he, you know, Believes that Lamar wants to be in Baltimore. He continues to be very strong on that stance in terms of Lamar wanting to be um, a Raven. So he again he mentioned that he speaks to him, um, and, and he didn't. He also mentioned that he didn't travel with the team to the playoff game in Cincinnati because he was injured, mm-hmm. and he was very defensive. I felt like um, for Lamar, mm-hmm. um, in terms of that because there was a lot of talk going mm-hmm. on about. You know, could he had played? Could he had gone? You know, and so I feel like that conversation right there was a little defensive, which is a good thing, right? I mean, you want your head coach. You don't want it to seem like how people tried to make it seem is that you know he kind of like just didn't go. Um, Apparently, he was not healthy, and that's exactly what that was about. So, um, another thing that they talked about. he was asked if he believes that the relationship between Lamar and the organization is still good. And this is what he had to say.
2: We want Lamar and Lamar wants to be a Raven. And in the end that's going to work itself out in my mind, you know, and then you just let Providence do its work. You let Providence do its good work. And I trust in that. So whatever Providence ends up determining in the end, I'm going to be all for, you know, and I think it's going to be what's best for everybody. But, I've always been confident that we're going to have, you know, it's going to get worked out, and I still believe that.
0: So, Cordell, when you hear that, I mean, obviously, DaCosta and Harbaugh can say whatever they want. We don't know if it's true, right? I mean, obviously, I don't think that they're going to come out and be like, things aren't going well right Right. now. (laughs) But do you feel like... That was a genuine response. Do you truly believe that they're currently, you know, that basically the only thing that's kind of severing them right now is just the fact that there's not a deal done at this moment?
1: I mean, definitely. I, I think it's genuine for Harbs. I think Harbs does love Lamar. How could
0: he not? Oh, I I, I absolutely believe 110%. Yeah. He speaks very highly of yeah. him. And so let me be clear, too. I think the difference between Harbaugh and DaCosta is now see DaCosta is working with Lamar um, from a business perspective in terms mm-hmm. of getting garnering money. And I think that that's different because Lamar has to hear why he should not get this this that the third mm-hmm. up front, as opposed to an agent hearing those things, right. which might be a little of a different dynamic. Harbaugh is just simply interested in trying to win football games, and he knows that Lamar does that for him, mm-hmm. and Lamar is a good guy. And so I think in that regard, that's the difference in the relationships, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and, you know, honestly, Harbs may be that that middle ground, you know. He's the guy that Eric's going to go to and talk to about how Lamar's situation is going, give his point of view of things. And Lamar is kind of, you know, going to use Harbaugh in the same way, I feel like, at times. You know, Harbs is checking in, probably asking him how it's going. And Lamar is probably giving him a little, you know, a little bit of what's on his mind sometimes. Probably not all the time, but just Harbs, Harbs has to be that middle guy. Yes, you know? And that's just, that's just the role that the head coach plays. I do believe that the relationship, is still good, but that doesn't mean that there's not, you know, something there. You could still have a disagreement with somebody and still be cool, you know, for certain people. Not everybody (laughs) could, could operate that way, but some people are able to, you know, not necessarily uh, be in the best spot. But that doesn't mean that their relationship is soiled. And and right now, I think both sides understand that this is a business. You know, you got to be able to separate the two. Lamar could sit here today and get, and, and get traded. And when he see Eric and them still dap them up, it's st- still all love. It doesn't mean the relationship is bad. So um, the business just doesn't care about that. The business is the business. That's just what it is. So the relationship could be as good as it wants. It doesn't necessarily change what the outcome can be. It just—I mean—they still have to talk, right? I mean, unless Lamar gets to the point and says, "Trade me," you know. That up until that point, they're—they're going to be talking.
0: I agree, and so I mean, you know, I, I just—I th- just definitely think that the dynamic is a little bit different because one is about money and one is about mm-hmm. field product, you right. know. So. Um, uh, it's good to hear that he feels confident about this. I mean, it's unfortunate that you know we're not able to hear like what Lamar's side of it is, but I understand why we're not. Maybe that's a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't want to hear from Lamar in terms of like what is going uh, on in his mind about how this is all going. Um, so you know, it, it. The questions were really good, and, and they were able to elaborate in those answers, um, and so those are the things that you you're you're interested in. I know one thing that I was interested in that I, I I shouldn't have found weird because I know that this is a thing with this organization. I know they did this with Gary Kubiak, but uh, still. Uh Harbaugh when asked, um he said he didn't have the the time to break down the the Georgia's offense on the film um during the 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 Monk and interview process. Uh-huh. And I was just kind of like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean, I understand that they got other people like basically on a committee doing that stuff, but I just want my head coach to be a little bit more
1: involved. It's the optics. It's the optics. You can't, you can't come out and say that. Thank you. You know, you, you can't, it's just, it's just one of those things. That's just something you keep in house. And I think, I think we all kind of over fantasize what all coaches do, right. You know, uh, even even during the season you know and in the prep i mean i'm sure they prepare their butts off don't get me wrong right but, you know in our minds it's like they get no sleep they're up all night cramming every everything is football you know and 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 really it's probably a fraction of what we really uh, know think it really is so you know it, it probably happens a lot more than we think of coaches really not doing a super deep dive into the people that they hire and then sometimes it shows because some of these guys go in there and do a terrible job uh and what they're hired to do so um but it was definitely funny to hear
0: I I just was like okay all right we get it so yeah that was definitely something that was interesting um and of course that got talked about a, a lot around the town and so yeah we will be uh I don't think that I feel like that that's a conversation that's going to be had, you mm-hmm. know, as well. So, um, yeah, it, it, but the Lamar talk does feel like it's not all doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's, you know, subsided any type of anxiety that maybe the fan base has had. But hopefully, um, it, it, hopefully they can come down to, you know, getting it done and doing it soon before the franchise tag, even though they've acknowledged that, you know, I mean, look, even if they do tag, the Costa mm-hmm. said this as well, even if they do tag them, I mean, it doesn't mean that they can't, you know, negotiate right. still. And they'll, they'll they'll still try to do that. So, um, But I think that everybody just wants this to be over.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, definitely. They, they all want it time. to be over. And I think what's added to the anxiety for, pe- for fans is the fact that nobody hears from – these guys from either side, you know, and I think, like you said, just hearing from Harv's and, and, and DaCosta on Wednesday, it, it gets, it adds to the optimism a little bit, you know, it makes you feel a little better when you hear them talk about how, how they feel about Lamar, how they, Talked recently, how you know they're still optimistic that something will happen. It adds to your optimism, but when you don't hear from them, and the only thing you're hearing is this reported and that reported, yeah. and you know, uh, and and the actuality is nobody truly knows anything because both sides have been truly tight lipped to a degree. Um, I think so. You know, it it just adds to the anxiety that I think everybody has towards the situation. But in actuality,
0: it might be a lot more simpler than we think. Absolutely. Before we get into our final segment, have you subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast? If not, what are you waiting for? Hit that subscribe button so that every time there is a new episode, you will be the first to know. So... The NFLPA had posted some great, was this their inaugural season in doing this, Cordell? Yeah, this
1: is the first year. Okay,
0: so this is the first year uh, that the NFLPA had players survey their teams in specific categories and grade them in terms of how good they were, okay? So um, for the Ravens, I think for the most part, they were either they were they were pretty high regarded or or kind of middle of the pack in mm-hmm. terms of some things, right? All right, so here we go. Treatment of families was a C plus. Now you and I tried to divulge what exactly that entailed. Yeah. And what did we come up with?
1: Well, the treatment of the families is on the on the website, it just says support of players families. Um, and the and it also has the they rank their postgame gathering area, which okay. is ranked 26th in the league uh, out of the 32 teams for players, families. They were ranked 17th with the C plus. Uh, but I, I don't it, it only says they offer a family room and daycare is provided.
0: OK, so they got a C plus for the treatment of families, which was top of 18. Food and service, nutrition, the Ravens were graded a B minus, which was top 13th place. Um, and I can, I can attest to now, I don't know what it's like now, but back in the day when I was an intern, uh, I used to eat at that cafeteria and the food was really good. So mm. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. go ahead and put my two cents in on that. You always
1: hear good things about the food. We've eaten there on the, the, the luncheon. We, that's yeah. the one time yes. a year the media gets to eat in there. Uh, and I, I've, I've had it once but I have no complaints.
0: <laughs> La- is very cool. Right. Weight room was C plus, which was tied for 22nd. Um, and then the training room was tied. I was, was C was a C, which was uh 21st. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So it's average. Could be better, but. They seem worse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the training staff was a B plus, which is tied for twenty second. Which I, I'm not really sure what the rankings are because does the rankings matter if the grade is good? Because B plus to me, I mean, it's B plus. You know what I mean? Like B plus is really close to an A minus, as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned. And how they got the twenty second out of thirty two with a B plus is very interesting. Um, locker room. Um, that you and I both have been in, in terms of... So we could, we've, we could see what they see. Mm-hmm. They got an A, and that yeah. locker room is really nice. I would agree with that. Yeah. And team travel, they received an A, mm-hmm. um, which was tied for fourth. Uh, the, the locker room was tied for fifth. Now, <laughs> strength coaches. The Ravens received an F- and they were last. Now, Couple things, Cordell. First and foremost, how do you give somebody an F minus? Because F um, already means fail. I don't know how you fail worse than fail.
1: That so- F minus is like <laughs> really is it's the them You know, it's it's really like, <laughs> you know, it's you've already you've already destroyed them. You you failed them. You gave them the F. Yeah. And then it's like, you know what? You were so bad. I, this F doesn't even sit right with me. Yep. You know, I, I feel like I'm rewarding you with this F. Here, take take this minus on top of that for embarrassment. That's that's the icing on the cake right there.
0: Yeah, I mean, like F minus. <laughs> and so we know that they fired um, their head trainer, Steve Saunders, mm-hmm. which, you know, many people, I felt like the whole um, yeah. Ravens fan base at uh, the Flockers. rejoiced as a result of of that. We know that 2021, a lot of guys got injured. And and look, I'm not going to be the person that says that he played a big part in that. I mean, I don't, I don't know the, I don't know if that's true or not, you know, but here's the thing, Cordell, you tweeted this yesterday. You came Mm -hmm. out with the the tweet in terms of what it meant um, in terms of this F. And, and you also um, had some elaboration, From the NFLPA's website, Baltimore was one of the two teams that fell below the rest, and they were even significantly below the second worst team. So, I mean, that's the F-minus, right? Like, they were worlds away (laughs) from the next team that was the worst in that regard. And as a result, a couple of former Ravens started Mm -hmm. speaking out about it. Um, Carl Davis Jr., uh, who played on defense uh, reposted your post and said, "I was definitely a victim of the strength coaches' two labrums and multiple pec strains." And in addition to that, Quincy out of, out of BGO, i never can say his name right. Adebayo? Right. Uh, bio, Thank you. Sorry, I, I really am sorry that if I if I, I botched your name that bad, Quincy, uh, young man that played for the Ravens. Um, Definitely ruined my career three year season ending injuries in a row after being healthy my entire career prior. Now, what we, <laughs> this is the part that gets murky because you have a Rashad Bateman who has said on record I mean, and by on record, I mean his tweets I've never been injured before coming to the NFL, so you're, you're curious to how that, how we got here. Um, Lamar who was relatively healthy during his college career Mm -hmm. um, did not finish the last two seasons Mm -hmm. um, in terms of of, of how that goes. So this is bad. Mm -hmm. This is really bad. And I wonder why in 2020, when he was the alleged uh, spread, uh, the, uh, the start of the spread of COVID in that locker room where the Ravens had uh a, a lot of guys that could not play that game against the Steelers yeah. that moved to the middle of the week why he was not let go there mm-hmm. i could not understand for the life of me why he was able to even if you were allowed him to, to finish the season to me his liability if he was if he was unable to you know do take the precautionary measures of not getting COVID because it was a, apparently his tweets, his old tweets had surfaced, and apparently he was like, you know, not really in in line with you know the things that we needed to do to prevent COVID. Right. So I'm trying to understand why the Ravens took this long. I know that you can't tell me players hadn't said anything. Previously. Right. So I'm trying to understand what. Why did we wait till now for this to be a thing?
1: Yeah, that's the million-dollar question. Uh, this I've never seen this much of an outcry for a strength coach's job. And at the same Ever. time, I've never seen a celebration after a strength coach is firing.
2: How do <laughs> uh, we even like, know
0: a strength coach's right. name at this point? That's right. the part that I think is hilarious right. and sad at the same time.
1: It is. It is. It shows you. Um, yeah, and, and sometimes, you know, it's tough. for an organization can't always do what the fans want them to do. Right. But in some situations, it's like, this is right here in our faces. You know, if I can see it, it's no way they can't see it. And this dude had, like you said, the, the 21 season, you know, all the injuries, even the COVID year. And just the fact for me, the Ravens are a team that's, it's kind of one of those, I don't want to say militant organizations, but they're kind of, you know, that they have their, their Raven way, you know, and if you have a Raven way, that means you have Raven rules and they had strict rules that they were all abiding by um, that COVID year. And of all people, To break it, it's it's your strength and conditioning coach, yeah, and 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 it and it costs you a game, you know. I I think it it ended up it it ended up costing them the multiple roster spots, no doubt, uh, that week. Um, So that alone, I thought he was going to be gone, and then the injuries in twenty one. It's it's like okay, what in the world are you waiting for? And then. Again this year, and I don't. I'm like you said. I'm not putting the cause of anybody's injury solely on him. It's about the quantity of injury. You know, when it's a when it's a that big of a situation like it was in 21, it's like okay. What, I mean, it caused the Ravens to say that they were going to look at every aspect of the organization, eat, you know, all the way down to what guys are eating, how they're working out, everything. So they felt like they had to do a complete overhaul of their their workout sit- sessions their their whole workout plan getting guys ready to play they had to revamp it and that is a part of the strength and conditioning coach so I, like like you I'm surprised it took this long uh but I I guess never uh better late than never um but this 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 F minus is is by far hilarious
0: F minus F I didn't know that you can go lower than an F I was not aware until today that you could go below an F and uh yeah it appears that um you know they were by far the worst in terms of grading which is really you know uh, for the most part I felt like that their grades were pretty consistent and then Mm -hmm. that one really uh, I really hope that the Ravens take into account what the players mm-hmm. had to say about that and, yeah. and, and figure out what to do better than that.
1: Yeah. I would also say one of the other points and we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier was about the, the families. Like that was another surprising grade for sure. The C plus, Uh, even, you know, like you mentioned, guys were talking about the, the one with Steve Saunders, Marlon Humphrey, he came out and he talked, you know, he was surprised about the, uh, the the family's great. You know, he, he had responded to the tweet and he said that he was shocked by, you know, he said that's surprising, you know, that, that family one. So,
0: um, and it's very possible that, you know, depending on the type of family that you have, depends on what you've considered to be important and Uh not important. You know, if you have a wife and, and kids, or if you are just bringing in siblings and parents, I think it, varies right and and maybe that's why the c plus exists maybe that's the issue maybe people that have children feel like that they could have that they could do more in that regard as opposed to like people that don't and don't have a need for that type of care you know feel like everything else is fine so i mean you know i think it's i think that's more uh subjective to what type of family you have right yeah. and that's the case the f minus though that's pretty oh, yeah. consistent I mean-
1: no, no doubt. I mean that's that's the I mean, but that's not even is that surprising?
0: No, I, not I, at all. Not at all. It's
1: it's like it's it's hilarious that they would actually put I mean, imagine coming home with that F minus report card. Somebody tweeted out at me like <laughs> This, uh, I think he, he, they, they said Steve Saunders, or they said the Ravens trying to beat the. Uh, I think he said Steve Saunders trying to beat the Paris home uh, to the mailbox to beat to get the report
0: card. <laughs> that was just
1: hilarious to me because an F minus like that's when they're gonna look at you just like how do you how how do you do yeah. that
0: yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, i I thought that that was hilarious and sad at the same time, and hopefully the Ravens um can move forward from here and and have a much better um uh strengthening coach staff because clearly the players do not like it, no. and uh, hopefully they can I feel like you can't go nowhere but up after oh, at this point
1: at this point. You know, I, to it up. You, you they they just moved their way at least to a C right now, just off the <laughs> coaches. Even though these guys are still part of the last regime, so we'll see how much of a difference this makes.
0: Absolutely. So uh, that's it for for this Friday podcast um, of Winning Drive. Hope that you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back next week, obviously, to talk more Lamar Jackson because that's what we do in this podcast. Talk. <laughs> All things Lamar Jackson. Um, We're going to be inching closer to, by the way, next week, um, a a franchise tag. So I believe the seventh is the last day. Mm -hmm. Um, So by the time we'll have our next podcast, Cordell, the franchise tag deadline will be here. So we'll be talking about where that is because, I mean, if they don't get a deal done, we know that there will be a tag. We just don't know what type of tag it will be. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk more about that next week. Uh, when we come back. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive.